and we're trying to be and do all the things that people need, want, and expect us to be at our own expense. And what can happen, and I know this because it happened to me, I had a wake up moment where I woke up one day and just said, good grief, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because I had, I had lost my identity in trying to be and do for everyone else. And that had, that had put my desires and my dreams on the back burner. And I'm pouring into everyone else's cup from an empty pitcher. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are humming. We are trucking. I don't know, whatever whatever your word is to say that we are just, just going through season two so well. So many great guests, been having a lot of amazing conversations, in my opinion, but also in the opinions of a lot of people that have given feedback on manhood and masculinity and really digging into all the different areas of emotion and feelings, which most of you guys don't ever want to talk about. Um, but then also how to just balance the life that is put before us in the relationships that we have and the business that we have uh, in our own personal kind of being. There's just been so many great discussions and I'm really proud of the content that is being contributed and the conversations that are, that are being had as the result. Um, and today we get to do that again. I'm really excited to have with me Dan Farron. Uh, Dan and I met through LinkedIn. He commented on, I don't even know, a post that I had shared on LinkedIn. And so I messaged him and said, hey, uh, appreciate the comment. And it looks like you're talking to dudes too. And he happens to just be doing that because he is a life coach working specifically with men to help them find more fulfillment. And I really love that. Um, his kind of like one liner in LinkedIn says that he is helping men to make life happen. And I think that is so amazing because so often that's, that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to make life happen. So I'm excited to dig into the conversation today, but for now, Dan, what's up, man? Thanks so much for joining. All right. And thanks for having us, having me with you this evening. I appreciate it. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause you say evening, like I'm recording in the late afternoon, you're in the central time zone. I'm in um, Eastern time zone. Oh, at Eastern time zone. There we go. So you're three hours ahead of me. I just get totally distorted with that sometimes. Um, so it's cool. Th thanks for being here. Okay. So, um, all of my guests get some version of the same question. We light this fire and we just let it, let it go as it may. So Dan, for you, uh, when you hear the words manhood and or masculinity, what comes to mind for you? How do you, how do you define that? How do you, how do you kind of, uh, uh, engage into that, those words? Uh, oh, that's always a loaded question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Come on. You, you, I mean, I can't make yeah, it easy. No, it is. But there's so many, there's so many ways that you can parse it out and think about it. Um, I guess it's easiest to say, to start with what, what our culture would normally think of masculinity and manhood and then work from there. To me, the essence of masculinity and manhood is knowing your purpose and living it, um, taking care of your obligations, um, and being the kind of person that is open and receptive to 
new ideas, being challenged, having people in your life that will help you go deeper. Um, that's what really makes a, a very strong masculine man, because those kind of things help help you become more well-rounded. Mm. I think, um, I think there's a lot of men in this world that just kind of float along and let life happen to them. Mm. And the, the men that really, really get it and seem to make life happen and really seem to be fulfilled and accomplished are the men who are intentional about life. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that is the essence of masculinity. The, it, it, it's, it's not just the warrior on the front line. It's the warrior who around the fire at home mm. learns and studies and deepens relationships and takes care of people and, and looks out for himself as well. That's good. That's good. So I, I heard a lot of the kind of like how you said what you said really alluded a lot uh, uh, to do with kind of like the character of a man, um, which I, I just think is wonderful because so often, and, and I'm a firm believer that we need maybe today more than we have in a really long time, physically strong men to stand up, to fight, to defend, uh, not, not in an evil way, but in, in good ways. Um, but at the same time, I think character is far more important. And that seems to be what we've lost maybe more than anything as it relates to manhood today. So I want to go there. I'm going to kind of pin that for a second uh, because something else you said kind of struck me. Um, so you said there's a lot of guys that are just kind of going along in life. And so why do you feel like, or, or how do you see those men? Like why, why do men find themselves regularly in this position of sitting on the sidelines? Because, um, uh, you don't hear or see as many women doing the same thing, which is so interesting to me because uh, by nature, uh, we're kind of called, I would say by creation, we're called to kind of be the leaders uh, and uh, as men. And so here we are abdicating that <laughs> role and responsibility uh, and, and kind of sitting on the sidelines. So why do you feel like that 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 is that way? Or why do you feel like men kind of get themselves into that place of just kind of letting life happen to them? Well, okay. I mean, we can pinpoint it on a lot of things. I think there are social aspects to it. Um, the whole idea of toxic masculinity and uh, the clamp down, the rightful clamp down on uh, sexist attitudes and chauvinistic behavior in the workplace and things like that. Um, and so I think there's a, a reaction to that that says, oh, well, then I can't do anything or I can't say anything. or I'm just going to sit back. Um, I think men are tired. Mm. Um, one of the things that I recognize in my work with men is that, you know, when we're young, we, we have this bucket list of uh, things that we want to accomplish in our life. And it, and it's either written on paper, some guys write it down on paper, but it's written on our heart too. Mm. We may not actually, um, speak what it is, but in our back of our minds, in our hearts, we have these dreams and desires and things. And then along comes a spouse and a job and then maybe children. And uh, we begin to, because we have this family to take care of, then we begin to climb the, the, the work ladder um, and we want to make more money and, and then we want to provide and we want to take care of. And then next thing you know, uh, we're driving the soccer van and coaching the little league team. <laughs> 
and we're going here and we're doing here and going here and go. and and then by the time we reach our 40s and 50s maybe our parents are older and they need us to step in and help them and before we know it we are doing and being all things to all people or at least we're trying and we're trying to be and do all the things that people need want and expect us to be at our own expense and what can happen, and I know this because it happened to me, I had a wake up moment where I woke up one day and just said, good grief, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because I had I had lost my identity in trying to be and do for everyone else. And that had that had put my desires and my dreams on the back burner. And I'm pouring into everyone else's cup from an empty pitcher. And, you know, and, and so the guy comes home from work after and then they've got the soccer game and then they've got dinner and then they've got to help the kids with homework. And then by the time the kids and the wife are getting ready for bed and everything, the husband sits down on the couch and watches an hour of television where he falls asleep. And that's all he's got energy for. And I think. I, I think a lot of men are just tired. We've lost. And and and. <laughs> Yes, we are called to lead and we are called to care for those in our in in our care. But you cannot pour into others cups with an empty pitcher. You have to fill your own pitcher first. And people and guys think, well, if I take care of myself, in other words, if I prioritize myself, if I say if I set a boundary and I say, no, I can't do that anymore or say to my family, no, we're not going to do that this week because we just need to be at home or whatever. Then I'm not being a good dad. I'm not being a good provider. I'm not being a good husband. I'm not being a good man. But that's not the case. Sometimes we have to do that and pull back and say, for our for my own benefit, I have to do this so that I have something to give. Because when we do that, then we actually give better than we were before. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I, yeah. So there are so many things that you said there that that were so wonderful. Um, I mean, one thing that I, I find so challenging. So I'm 44. A lot of my friends. Uh, and couples that we're friends with. So my kids are 20 and 13. So they're kind of past the, the younger stages of life for the most part. But I have a lot of friends that have younger kids. So they're just now kind of getting into sports, getting more involved into the hyperactivity of rec, baseball, softball, whatever. And it has consumed their life. And it's so interesting to me because when our kids were growing up, first of all, I was pretty fortunate that my two daughters uh, first desired to dance and then swim, but somewhat like casual competitive, not like all out selling my soul for. But one thing that I had said was, was we are not going to be the family that lives at the field all during the week. And I, and I don't want to demonize that outright because I know at times there's good reason that's good for the development of the kids and you can build relationships there, but I didn't want to give myself, even myself, and, and you can call me selfish. I didn't want to give myself over to a summer of softball for my two daughters when our family together couldn't go to the river, couldn't go on vacation, couldn't get away for anything, couldn't go to church on Sunday. And, and so I, I hear what you're saying, and it just brings me to this place of like, it's not just men, you know, it's it's not just the husbands, it's the, it's, it's the uh, wives too, or it's not just the dads, it's the moms too, but it's like, I cannot believe how often often we give ourselves over in the name of service to other people. And it turns out to like, just crumble away at our lives. And we lose out on the experiences that we could be having because we think that maybe because everybody else is doing it, we need to do it too. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. I, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you spend, I mean, so little Johnny is running around in the grass while you're sitting there watching the soccer game and, and your child is out there on the field and you spend your whole weekend there and you, yep. I, that's not, that's not, I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. I agree. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to a moment. So you, you said that you had this experience for yourself, but previous to saying that, and I kind of want to hear how you experienced this, but you said something to the effect of uh, many men, maybe you said most men, um, have kind of like this, the, the, the life of their dreams, this desire kind of in their hearts, maybe they've written it down and then they begin to lose their way or they begin to lose that as all these things get added in, all these roles um, that we start to play. So for maybe you telling your version or, or, or your story will help guys to hear this, but like, how did you start to lose control of what you desired in life as you gave over to what your life became? Oh boy. Um, okay. So I got my master's in counseling, um, in 1999 and through a course of events, I worked in about three different counseling centers, uh, mostly child and adolescent services, working with children and teenagers and things like that. Then I did end up working with adults for a time, um, but got, got kind of burned out um, and was also going through my own period of depression um, and had to had to work on some things and so my wife and I talked she was a nurse she she's a nurse and she said we were homeschooling our kids and she said okay well I'll go back to work if you'll homeschool kids and where I was at the time that was the choice we needed to make hmm. um, and so I became a stay-at-home dad and I became the homeschooler. Now our kids ended up in public school later on. Um, but that was the right choice for us at the time. I then pastored a couple of small churches. Um, but I was still, I was still the stay at home dad because they were only part-time positions. And I was, my kids were still young enough that they needed my presence. They needed me to be there. They had appointments, things like that. And my wife herself had sort of climbed the corporate ladder. Um, and, in nursing. And so I just, you know, I had church obligations and I had obligations with my children and, and the household and taking care of people and things and dealing with my own stuff. And just got, it, it got to a point where it became overwhelming. Mm. And, and I had a moment where in, in my, as a coach, I, I had a moment where I finally realized this is, I'm not able to, to move forward. I'm not able to do the work that I want to do. And I, I had a moment where somebody asked something about, you know, identity. And, and I just thought, I don't even know who I am anymore. That was a shock. That was a real shock. And I think, I think the reason things like that happen to men is because to, to, to avoid that and to make sure that that doesn't happen takes real wisdom. Mm. 
it takes a, it takes a, a, an understanding of our purpose in life. And when we're young, that's hard to know. Mm-hmm. We can find it, but it, it takes real wisdom. We have to, at least at that point in our lives, have to understand our purpose. And it takes an incredible amount of determination to say, I'm holding the course. Mm-hmm. Um, we need, and we need wise people around us and friends around us to help keep us on track. We need people that understand what our purpose is and why we are behaving the way we are and what's important to us while we continue to live in community with family and friends and what have you. Mm. So, so it sounds to me like it wasn't so much about, um, in your case, being forced into places that you didn't want to be or doing things that you didn't want to do as much as it was as you were doing those things, you, you just in in general, weren't being refilled. I mean, pastoring a church is exhausting. You're giving, not many people give back. I was there. Um, you were coaching. Uh, so you're giving and giving and giving, and clearly they're paying you to give to them, not for, for them to give back to you, even though it can be fulfilling. Um, you are teaching your kids. So you're giving and giving and giving and giving, and your wife is working full time. And so it's probably hard for her to give. And so part of it is you're like zapped of everything. So you're not being filled back up, but it sounds like the other part of it is as you were reflect back is um, you didn't have the proper tools in place along the way to create the structure, the support, the awareness, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically to step through that process. And so you just kept giving more of yourself than anything else. And you got it before, after it was too late. Yes, because I believed that that was what I was supposed to do that, you know, this is just my responsibility. This is just what I'm supposed to do. The thought that there could be something else, some other path, some other notion, some other dream that I, that I might want to fulfill or pursue um, didn't, didn't really come up. Mm-hmm. And it would have required a fairly significant shift in how things went. Now, if I had gone to my wife and I said, listen, this is what we need to do. We need to go a different direction. I need to do something different. This is, you know, this, that, and the other. We would have talked about it and we would have made something work. Mm-hmm. But my point, my point is... I think a lot of men, this is why I say make life happen rather than life just happening to you. Mm -hmm. A lot of men are so focused on the here and now and so, so consumed with what they're doing, their work, um, their career, their children, their family, that the idea that something could be better, something could be different. I don't have to go to bed exhausted every day. I don't have to get up in the morning and grit my teeth to go to work. I don't have to feel overwhelmed. I don't have to feel resentful. I don't have to feel frustrated. That thought doesn't even come to them. Yeah. And it's a matter of somebody standing on the mountainside, shouting at them saying, wake up. It can be different. It can be better. Mm -hmm. You can be better. And it's not selfish. Yeah. Well, but, but, but I think that like, that isn't the narrative that's that is being pushed at these guys, right? These guys that want to do the right thing, that want to 
support their wives, support their kids, contribute to the household, uh, be active in the community. These are guys that have like some drive and determination in them. And so the message they're typically hearing are the ones that are telling them to hustle harder, put your head down, run through the wall, grind it out, suck it up and get up and go after it again. Look at me. I've done it. So you can do it too. Like that's the message that most of these guys are hearing today. Right. But what's the point of grinding and pushing through the wall if you don't know where you're going on the other side of it? (laughs) Because there's just going to be another wall. There's just going to be another hill. How much do you have to push and grind to finally wake up one day and say, I've arrived or I'm happy or I'm fulfilled. That's just exhausting. Yeah. I don't want to live that way. Well, I don't even think it's exhausting. I I mean, I I argue that it's impossible only because this, like Eve, when I live in that mentality and that mindset, if I happen to get lucky enough, like I bang my head against the wall, I bang my head against the wall, I bang my head. And finally I break through. What's on the other side of that wall is another wall. Because I have created an environment, I say that these guys are imprisoned, right? They're imprisoned to this this mindset that they have created for themselves. Yes. And so it's like you you will you'll never be out of it. You know, it's like I get out and then I, I look around and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in the same I'm in the same room all over again. Like my my, my surroundings may be differently, but I'm in the same situation. Exactly. Yes. What I have discovered for myself and this, this is very applicable here is I used to uh, push, 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 push to get things done, to, to get clients, to get something accomplished, to, uh, you know, just push, 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 just like pushing through the wall. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I discovered was that's counterproductive. It, it put, it, it's like, it's like um, using a magnet and it pushes another magnet away, you know, <laughs> But if I sit back and I take it easy and I ground myself and I focus on what I truly want and what my values are, what's important to me, and I focus on those things, get, and, and, and instead of push, I pull, I draw, I create a space within myself and in my life to breathe and allow myself to draw things, then it comes much easier. Mm-hmm. And it's so much less stressful. And it gets you out of that trap. It gets you out of that cycle. Um, So in the communities of men that you are involved in, are, are, are most guys getting to the end of themselves before they realize this? Like they, they have a tragedy, they have a disaster, they have a meltdown or, or or do you see that they are responsive to somebody like you saying, yo, it doesn't have to happen to you anymore and you can make it happen. Most of the time they're having a meltdown. Mm. Most of the time life has just gotten to a point, uh, it, 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 you know, where things are just a little bit out of hand and they need somebody to throw them a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I do work with some, some men that are really proactive, especially some young guys. And they're really inspiring because they want to be wise as they move on in life. They want to be well-rounded. They want to not get in that spot. And so I have conversations with them and, and it's just, it's so much fun. Um, 
What what do you think it is about them that is there something inherent in them that causes them to to proactively approach that situation? These are guys in business. And so, of course, they want to do well. I just think it is their mindset back to mindset. It's their mindset that says. If I want to do well in life and if I want to have good relationships and if I want my life not to get out of hand, I need. I need strong relationships with friends that are going to challenge me, that are going to hold me accountable, that are going to help me uh, help me work through questions that, I, that we can sit and talk and wrestle with issues. I find so many guys, it, it's an epidemic in our country that, that men are pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. Men don't have a lot of close friends. They may have guys that they can go watch the game with, but to have a circle of, of guys that, you know, by the time you're 70, you can go to the cafe and on Saturday morning and sit and chat and shoot the breeze and talk, you know, to be that kind of man, you need to have started quite a bit earlier and, and have those deep, meaningful conversations and say, look, this is where I am. This is what I would love to see happen, but I can't seem to what's going on. Why is this like this? How would you handle it? And these are, these are just guys that have decided this is what's important. Yeah. This is how I'm going to get there. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I think that, again, you know, it, it's it's difficult to create. The, well, first of all, I think the challenges that kind of come to mind as we've talked about this, I mean, one is most guys aren't taught this from a young age. You know, right. our, yeah. our, our dads or, or, or male influences in our life didn't teach this to us. So we don't really have any idea. Uh, maybe we even kind of grow up with a tribe of buddies uh, when we're younger, but then through high school, you know, that start after high school kind of disperses and everyone kind of grows up and does their own thing. And so we're not taught to go pursue that later. Then we kind of see that every, all the other guys are out there kind of doing their own thing. And so we just do our own thing. So I think that that lack of education is, is big. I think another one is, is we don't, we don't initially see, and it's to your meltdown point, we don't initially see the value of intentionally making time for those things until it's too late. Um, and then thirdly, I think that it's really cool to invest our money into things that show hard ROI. Um, and so, you know, guys will jump into the newest real estate deal or they'll, in, you know, spend money in crypto or whatever, because it's like my buddies are doing it and I can make money. But to spend money to get invested into a community that's going to create that support and accountability and encouragement. That's crazy. So I think like education, time and money become the things that, you know, they lack or, or, or lack by desire. Um, and so they end up just staying in that solitude and it's miserable. I think it's a, I think it's a a double-edged sword in, in culture. Um, you know, men are supposed to be tough. Men are supposed to be resilient. Men are supposed to be able to figure things out. And so we don't want to, we don't want to admit that we need help Mm. in the church. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be sin. And this, uh, you know, we, we say we're sinners, but, but we're saved. And so we're supposed to be holy and righteous and this, that, and the other. And so to go to someone and say, Hey, let's have meaningful, deep conversations that could potentially reveal some imperfection within me. Um, most men aren't that humble and most, yeah. <laughs> most men are afraid of that. Yeah. And it's a culture. It's a culture. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 
But some of the most meaningful relationships that I've had in my life are with guys with whom I am able to be real, mm. with whom I am able to to cry or or share my heart or admit that I'm struggling with something. Um, and that just makes life so much richer. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, many of us don't have the opportunity to go fight side by side as soldiers. But but in this way, we can fight side by side as soldiers in life. Mm-hmm. So you learned the hard way, as do mm-hmm. most of us. Um, and so today, um, how do you how are you investing into yourself through community, through education, like what are you doing to ensure that it doesn't happen again? Because I think we're fools to believe that once we figure it out, then we're good. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, life is dynamic. Our roles are dynamic, um, you know, and, and we're a mess. So <laughs> we have to continue to create that structure. Um, right. So I am, um, I have started, uh, about three months ago, a, a monthly men's meetup. Mm. And I just put it out there on LinkedIn for local guys um, to come in for an hour and a half. And the first half hour is just a meet and greet. I'll usually ask some questions that might get a little deeper. What's your favorite book? Or um, what's your biggest regret? Things like that. But then the last hour, we'll have a conversation. I'll lead a discussion about some topic that's important. So we've talked about why guys need guys we've talked about this very thing. We've talked about um, the values and why they're important. Um, and so, and a few other things. So um, that's one thing. And then beyond that coaches need coaches because, because really to be a coach, you, you can't offer your, your client, what you don't have yourself mm-hmm. and we're human. And we have a lot of blind spots and we struggle. And so I actually have a coach that I'm working with right now um, on some things. And then I'm going to be starting another coaching program with a, with a, as a client uh, with another coach um, working on a totally different issue. Um, and so that's kind of how I allow myself into spaces where I am challenged to really think deeply and look at hard issues. Mm. Um, and it, it, it can be challenging. Well, not can be, it is challenging. <laughs> um, and it's, um, overwhelming sometimes when you, when you have this breakthrough moment and you realize, that's why I act this way. That's why I think like this. That's why I can't get this done. Um, but then, man, it's so liberating and it's so yeah. freeing. Um, and so that's that's what I do. So where where is that? Maybe one of those spots that you feel like you're you're working to overcome in the moment. This is where we get real, real. Real, real, real. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, I will get real with you. I had a I had a text message conversation with my one coach the other day, 
about something that I'd been thinking about over the weekend, and that was body image. Mm. I work out four or five days a week, um, and I'm watching my diet and, and that sort of thing. But I realized since I was 10 or 11 years old, I have had body image issues. Mm. And I kind of know where they're coming from, but they, they affect me still. And so I put that out there as something that for him to be aware of and that we may potentially work on because it, yeah, I need to get over that. Yeah. The new, the new coaching program that I'm going to be starting is, is, is uh, dealing with my mindset around money, Mm. you know, as a coach, you know, mental blocks about, about earning money and making money and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. Cause I know they're there mm-hmm. and I want to be successful, not just financially, but I want, I want to coach people. Yeah. I want to yeah. coach men because it's not just the man that I'm having an impact on, but I believe that when a man gets it right, everybody wins. Yeah. So not only does he improve, but then his wife and kids get a husband and father who's on fire. And then his community gets a man that, that has more to give. And his employer gets a, a person that comes into work with a spring in his step and a, and a drive and a focus. So I potentially could impact thousands of people mm-hmm. through one client. Yeah, that's good. And, um, and I love it. I love it. So that's, that, those are the things that I'm working on. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that, I mean, both of those, I, I, I completely resonate with, um, the financial one's been interesting for me because, um, everybody else has heard this many times, but I just went through waves of success, utter financial destruction, some success again. And so I'm a part of this Christian men's mastermind. And, uh, we were, um, uh, in person, last September, October sometime. And, um, and these guys all knew what my financial goals were, uh, but they, they didn't really know the depths of my financial, um, the health financially of my business and my personal life. And so the, the guy that facilitates whole thing he was talking about, like, you know, you want to bring some financial opportunity to your group, but if they don't know where, where your financial position lies, like how can they give you an accurate assessment? So we did this exercise. Uh, it was a couple <laughs> hours long between the 10 of us where we filled out a personal and professional profit and loss statement. And we shared that with the other members of our group. Ouch. How much money you have in the bank. Ouch in which accounts, how much money you have saved, what credit cards you have and what the balances were on those things. Um, professionally, same things. Um, and, and then here, here, here's what my net income is every single month. Here's what my balance sheet looks like, even personally, right? And it was nuts, dude, because yeah. you don't do that. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard enough for me to say like, you know, I make, hundred thousand dollars a year or 250,000, whatever that is like, that's hard enough to be really honest about what you make, but for somebody to ask you what your debt positions are not in your real estate investments, but in your everyday life, you know, what are your loans on your cars and your house? And it was wild, but it was so unbelievably freeing. And I'm telling you, when I went through filling mine out, I'm like, do I be honest, honest, or just like, it, it took me a minute, but I did it and I shared it around and it, it was freeing to know that I was in a better position than some people. So that was really cool because there right. were some really <laughs> successful guys around the table. Um, but 
but it was also so freeing because it was like, I, I no longer had anything to hide. I mean, I preach authenticity all the time and being transparent and being honest. And it's like, this is an area that could be so easy to hide behind, especially as an entrepreneur, I'm running a business. I want people to think, you know, to know I'm successful, think I'm successful, whatever. And so it's so easy to hide behind that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We men are really good at, at facades. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, mm-hmm. but and how, you don't do that we... kind of an exercise with just anybody. You got to trust the people that you're, you're doing it with. And, um, yeah, I don't want it to be used against me later. <laughs> no, no. But see, that's where, you know, true friendship is, you know, it won't be. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing too is, and, and this goes to even like, you know, what, what you, what you shared and actually what you, what you shared this whole time, like until we're able to truly step into this place of full transparency, first of all, honesty with ourselves uh, about who we really are and what we're really all about. But then with the people closest to us, the people that we hire, right. Coaches or whatever, but then also our closest friends, our tribe until we get there, we will never, ever live the life that God has created us to live. We may live part of it. We may find some success, but we are leaving so much on the table because we are not allowing other people into the inner workings of who we are so they can help to bring out the best in all of those areas. Authenticity is scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary because what if my wife doesn't like who I really am. What if my boss doesn't want me to be that way? What if, what if, what if we're, t- we're, listen, we're a, a bunch of little boys playing Superman mm. and it authenticity is hard. It, it I mean, I've been on a journey myself. Mm-hmm. It is hard it is challenging, but, and, and a lot of men don't even know who they are to say, I'm going to be authentic. Well, first that means they've got to start looking and figuring that out. Who am I? And sometimes we don't want to do that because we know deep in our heart, we're not going to like what we find. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the encouragement there, by the way, just real quick is like, you may be scared at what you're going to find and you may not like what you find, but once you find it, you can improve it. Absolutely. Right. And I think that, that, that's the thing that like guys need to hear is, I mean, it's not going to all go away tomorrow. Like you're hiding things deep down inside that could take a long time to overcome, but you don't want to live in misery and you are because you're too worried about what you may find. Right. Exactly. And that's where that's where a good friend, a confidant, a coach, a pastor, somebody that you trust, mm-hmm. just know that there's no judgment. If you if you get into a situation where you can, they, they say no judgment, no judgment, because really, they're probably in the same spot themselves. They've got their own stuff. So true. Um, so true. And and. You know, and we're not even talking about things. I mean, I'm not even referring to things that that are hidden, like maybe lust or pornography or anything like that. I'm just talking about, uh, you know, a tendency to avoid conflict or a tendency to please everyone or a tendency to be an overachiever, a hyperachiever, 
um, a tendency to be over rational and, and, and devalue other people's emotions, you know, just this kind of stuff that, that becomes a negative characteristic that's holding you back. Yep. Well, I, and I think all those things that you bring up, maybe along with things like a tendency to want to show people that I'm something that I'm not, or, or a tendency to want to posture as somebody that I'm not, I think those things are, have actually become far harder for guys to open up about than saying that I look at porn. Probably both because, I mean, really, because uh, it's talked about so much and it, there's such an easy fix. It's really hard to overcome when you're addicted to it, but it's like, just don't look at it or lock it out or whatever. I just feel like, and not only that, but when, when somebody, when a guy says to another guy, you know what, like I, 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 I was looking at porn and like, I, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so ashamed of it, whatever. The response typically is if it's not the total a-hole response, which is good job, you know, it's, I get it. I've been there, you know, definitely you're going to work through it. I'll help. It's like, it's all this encouragement, which is good, but we don't feel that much guilt for it anymore. Um, whereas all these, uh, and so we're not afraid to talk about it. Whereas all those other things that you listed out, that's scary as hell to talk about because yeah. we have no idea how we're going to be judged as a result of that. Like people don't judge us for looking at porn because every guy does it right. That's kind of the, the, the thing. And I hate that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other things it's like, you're, you're going to be judged for being a narcissist. You're going to be judged for being a liar about how good you really have it. And you actually don't, you're going to be judged for the fact that, you know, you say that you're a great husband and a great father, but you close that door and your family hates you at night because of the way that you treat them or totally ignore them. You won't admit those things. Mm -hmm. So those have become way harder to address, which makes them far more important to address because those are the things eating at men. Right. And those are character issues. Those are personality issues. There's deep purpose behind them, deep reasons for them being there. But if we're, if as men, if we're not willing to at least even acknowledge their presence, we can't make any headway. Yeah, that's right. That's so. You're living in a different day. You know, my dad and my grandfather lived in a day where this conversation would never have happened. (laughs) Right. I mean, men just didn't talk about stuff like this and it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. My generation, our generation, and younger generations now are talking about these things. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I do. but it, it it it's it requires a man to at least open up and say, "I might need to look at that." Hmm. I don't know. You know, he may say, "I I don't know what all is there." What if I open Pandora's box? I don't know what I'm going to find. But I have a high, I have an idea that there's this one thing there. And if I just work on that one thing and make, make progress in that one thing, then I'm better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we'll deal with all the other stuff as we, as we come to it. Um, it just takes courage. It takes guts. It takes a willingness to want better for yourself. That's right. Well, and I think that <clears throat> this is a great place to land because I think that what you just described right there in those last couple of sentences of what it takes are the character traits that you described in the very beginning. And I think that that's just such a way to bookend that yeah. you, you need to have the character. And until you understand that, until you shape that, 
everything in between is never going to happen. And you're going to continue to live in meltdown after meltdown or, you know, banging your head against the wall over and over again, you will be miserable. And I hate to be that like pessimistic about it, but I want, I want guys to realize like, you know, for me, like there were so many, there was a series of so many things until I finally woke up. Like, I don't want that for other people, but like, that's what's coming for you if you're not willing to, to, to rectify this situation. And then if you're willing to rectify it, I mean, the sky's the limit and, and, and there is such an incredible life ahead. You just yeah. got to take that first step. Yeah. And everybody will, everybody will notice and appreciate it. So true. Yeah. Dan, this was good, man. I, I you know what? It, it, it's great because, um, as you know, I mean, we had a, a very brief conversation, um, you know, before this, um, but you know, we don't dig into any of this stuff. It's more like right. you're a good dude. Okay. I think you're oh, a good wow. dude. Okay. We're going to have a good conversation. And then we just let it fly the way it, it will. And it's, and it's so wonderful. That I think when we, we end up having a discussion like this, because it's real, it's from your own experience, my own experience, but your own experience and your perspective. And it really does give other guys insight into what's possible for their life. Their life doesn't look like yours and it won't ever look like yours. Everything's always going to be different, but it just gives guys, guys a place to start from. So thank you for the time, the wisdom. Um, and I mean, even for all of the awful experiences that you had to go through, I mean, if you would not have gone through them, you couldn't have contributed to this. And here's, I'll I'll just end with this. I I got to a point a couple of years ago. It took me, uh, it took me a lifetime so far. I got to a point a couple of years ago where I could say, I'm grateful, not only for the good things that happened to me, but also for the bad things that happened to me. That was a hard, hard place to finally be able to come to where I could say I'm grateful for all the crap that I went through because it all went together to make me who I am. So if a guy sits there and he's looking back over his life and he's saying, boy, I've really screwed up. I can't. No, 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 no. It's redeemable. It can be used. It's okay. It's not a failure. We can work with it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Dan, thanks Uh, to everybody else out there. If if you uh, resonated with, appreciated, valued uh, what Dan has to say, you got a question for him, you can reach out to him. We'll make sure to put his contact information in the show notes. You know where to find me as always. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the support, the encouragement, even the negativity, because all it does is continue to, to push me to want to get better and to do better, to deliver over and over again to all you guys out there, because you do deserve far better than you have have, but it requires you taking the first step. So until next time, be you, be happy, be authentic. See you guys. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.